Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. Welcome in to episode 10, episode 10 of the 104 Sports Report, season 6. I'm Alex Brooks, alongside me is Brian Burrows once again, and we're here to talk to you about some more Lakers sports here in the spring season. But first, Brian, how you doing? I am so, so good. The seasonal depression is gone. It The last three days in Oswego, if you don't live here, have been like... <sighs> 60s, Beautiful. like like low to mid 60s. Today it's in the 70s, and I have just been walking around in shorts and a t-shirt, vibing with some sunglasses on, and enjoying it because it's going away again next week, which is so sad. But at least this week I've just been so nice. I literally sat outside for like two hours today, and it was it was great. And I am so so good. That's good. That's good. I feel like the vibes are always nice when. Um, it's very warm out. Right. I feel like when, when we come into the semester, fall semester, I'm meaning, it's all just like nice and warm and we're all just like having a good time. And then it once away. it gets cold, it's just like, oh, there we go. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we're we talking about the baseball, softball, women's lacrosse, and men's lacrosse team. And they have all been doing really well. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, we haven't been able to say that. For since we've been talking about spring sports, but Brian, you're gonna start off with the Laker rundown. Go ahead and give us what's going on. Yeah, so the softball team have gone three and three in their last six games, but to temper that a little bit, it's been only one and three in conference. But again, last last couple of games, Desert versus Casano- Casanova, record-setting games for the pitchers. Moving over to the baseball team, they continue to roll now onto seven straight victories, including a sweep of the new Paul Talks over the weekend. The men's lacrosse, lacrosse team played one game last weekend, eight to eleven home victory over the Orleans Red Dragons, and the women's lacrosse team have won their last two games, one in dominant fashion over the Paul Stan Bears, twenty-one to three, and a closer nine-seven victory over the Brockport Golden Eagles just yesterday. Oh, there we go. I mean. Just a lot to unpack here on episode 10. Here for the 104 Sports Report, we will start off with some baseball. As the baseball team, as Brian mentioned in the rundown, that he sw- that they swept New Paltz. Not you. You didn't, you didn't sweep New Paltz. I, I mean, said, I wish I swept New Paltz. It'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I almost said Brian swept New Paltz. Anyway, um, the baseball team swept New Paltz. They're on a seven-game winning streak. And, man, just going back to that uh, sweep from the Lakers, I mean, it was a Friday game and then a Saturday doubleheader. I mean, 14-10 to 10 on Friday, 12-0 in eight innings on Saturday, and then follow that up by a 16-11 to 11 win. So, you know, a lot of offense for this Lakers team. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, you know, just really doing the dirty work here on offense. We go to that first game on Friday. All Most of the runs came in the eighth inning. It was yeah. seven runs in that eighth inning as it was just all Lakers. As we look at the, uh, as we look at the box score right here, you know, a really good game by Julian Drew. 
Uh, he had two hits and three RBIs. And then Jelani Hamer, we'll talk about him in a little bit. He had four hits and three RBIs. And then to Sean Featherstone, he had three hits and two RBIs. I mean, these guys are just hidden. These guys are really on a good hitting streak. And then looking at the uh, looking at the pitching, uh, Jonah Shear had five and two-thirds innings. He had three strikeouts and only one earned run. So, you know, the pitching is backing up the hitting here in this first game, Brian. Yeah, it was a really good game for them in the first part. The bats kind of coming alive, continuing to come alive as they have during this win streak. And um, you take a look at like kind of the extra base hits too. And there's there's a few of them. Um, doubles by Julian Drew, Owen Parlin, CJ McCarthy, home runs from Jelani Hammer, Ty, Tyshawn Featherstone. So not only and not only that on the base pass, you get steals from Brian Brian Bezer, Brazowski, Jelani Hammer, Devon Campbell all getting stolen bases, a couple caught stealings, but and then you mentioned the pitching, Jonah Shearer, five and two-thirds, great day. Larry Citrola had a tough one, a third of an inning, really couldn't get out of it. Three hits, five runs, two walks. Uh, that's, that's a tough one, tough outing in relief. Um, but Jonah Shearer coming back, came in late, excellent performance late in that one, really give the bullpen a rest. Yeah. Only he, I mean, five and two-thirds innings is an excellent day uh, <laughs> out of the bullpen. That's pretty much a starting starter's workload um, starting in like the fourth inning. Okay. Um, you mentioned that eighth inning just kind of run fest. It was the, they were actually down seven to ten or ten seven all the way up to the seventh inning. Uh, it was a, they were tied after tied at four after three, and then as we go at top of the top of the fourth, sells up to seven. New Paltz entered six runs. They're at ten. They're at ten. That stays all the way the same. Five, six, seven. No runs scored. Top of the eighth. Blakeley Bass finally come back alive. Seven, seven runs scored. On the day, 14 total hits. Um, but it, but the little downside there, just to quickly say it, three errors by Oswego. Need to start to kind of avoid those. Probably the reason that New Paltz got so, uh, kept it so close. Um, or on the, I mean, granted, nine runs were earned, but three errors is definitely yeah. not going to help you any. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that like a really dominant win from the Lakers. And then they just... Kept it going on Saturday. Yeah. A one-hit performance from Kieran Finnegan. Only one hit allowed, no runs by Kieran Finnegan. We're seeing him come back to life here. Yes, finally. He had five innings pitched, one hit, only one walk, and seven strikeouts. So a really good performance. And the offense, well, 12 nothing, five-run third inning. And it uh, came off of one bat. One bat, yes. A win parliament. Four for four day, eight RBIs. Eight. That is two thirds of the run scored came off the bat of Owen Parliament. He had yep. two home runs in the game, and a double. Uh, that is performance from a D one transfer right there. Oh, of course, and I'm 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 pretty sure that Oswego is really happy that uh, Owen Parliament is a Laker, and you know, not really much to. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to say about this game, but it was just overall domination on offense yeah. and. Uh, on defense, I mean, Kieran Finnegan, he is definitely back, even though it was against New Paltz, but, you know, it's still one-hit performance is a one-hit performance. Then we go to the third game, not as much of a um, a defensive game as it was 11 runs uh, earned for uh, against New Paltz, but they did get the win. A 10-run explosion in the first inning. I mean, jeez. Yeah, not coming back. Like... Um, you, we're just looking at here, uh, Jelani Hammer with a home run, 
Um, we had uh, Hammer. He had uh, five at-bats. He had only one hit, but he had that two RBIs. Um, and then we looked down here for uh, Brian Brzezowski had uh, a two-hit, two-RBI, and a two-walk game. So, And then Owen Parliament hit a three-walk uh, one hit, one RBI game because um, he just exploded for eight RBIs in the first game. They were like, we're not going to pitch to you. Um, no. So uh, just looking at the pitching, um, it was more of a, I believe it, it looks like more of a bullpen game. I mean, Van yeah. Fossen uh, started and he gave up four earned runs. Um, he pitched one and two-thirds inning, and then it was just uh, the relievers coming in. I mean, um, and they they were able to hold off this new Paltz team. Enough. Um, hold enough. off enough. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just walking through that first inning, it really was, I mean, minus the Jelani Hammer home run, too, it was a lot of small balls, we like to say. Yep. Uh, the next two runs came off of Jacob Levine, single to left. Um, uh, Greg Carullo, single to left, scored another run. Uh, Sam Allen, another single, scored the sixth run. Uh, Brett... Brzezowski, another single, scores two more runs. Owen Parliament walks, gets a walk with the bases loaded, brings in a run, and then on a balk, Jelani Hammer scores. That's all That's ten, That's ten. all ten runs in the first inning. Only one of those was an extra base hit. Uh, so good to see that it's not just like hitting a home run here and there. It's getting the runs in. It's like on these other games where, especially game two of doubleheader, the smaller hits, they're just kind of piling them on and, that's how you win games. That's another way to win games. I mean, the big home run from uh, here and there, like a player like um, uh, Owen Parliament, excuse me, like getting those games where he's just going to carry the team with uh, with big hits is good. But right. also having those games where the, the entire lineup, like one to nine, is just, just hit, meshing. hit, yeah. hit, They're like meshing. after hit. Yeah. yeah, it's always good to see that too. It's always good to know that the entire lineup can see a picture on any given day. I mean, they knocked. New Paul's a starter out after only two-thirds of an inning. Yeah. Eight hits, ten runs, walked two, struck out one. Uh, and then the guy who came in for him, uh, Ryan, an inning, in th- an inning and a third, one hit, five runs, six walks. Uh, then from there, the rest of the back end of the bullpen kind of doing some more, doing better work between two relievers combined, seven innings of just two hits, one run, was not earned, and struck out ten batters. But to get to the starter, it's hard to come back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And then going over to the U of R game, um, Chelani Hammer, have yourself a weekend and have yourself a day. Yeah. I mean, a two-hit, six-RBI performance, half of the Oswego runs, they won 12-10, to and Chelani Hammer was responsible for six of those 12 runs. So a really good game by him, and I mean – He's been stepping up these past couple games for Oswego. I mean, we're just looking at his looking at his stats right here. He's a he's a junior out of uh, Bronx, New York, um, and we're just looking at his past couple games where it was in New Paltz. I mean, his batting average was around three hundred one, kind of dipped down to two eighty nine, but. You know, he's getting on base, and he's just driving in a lot of runs. I mean, from that 6-RBI performance, I mean, we're just looking at uh, pretty much 12 RBIs from the past four games. You can't really ask much, much better from that, Brian. No, that's a very good performance. Good to know that. Good to see him playing well. I know last year he 
was kind of one of those rotational players for the for the baseball team. Uh, I know they like we mentioned before they had a very stacked team last year, a yeah. lot of seniors that were getting a lot of playing time. But Tyshawn Featherstone was one of those players that was coming in uh, rotational game two of double headers, getting oh, or getting the pinch at bats late in games, and was hitting the ball pretty well. So it's good to see this year that that's continuing. I know he started started a little slow at the top of the year. It was like oh no, was he not ready to be a full time mm-hmm. player? But He's finally starting to pick it up and really be that player. I mean, he yeah. he batted. Uh, he not sure exactly where he started in the lineup. I think it might have been fourth for him yeah. in the lineup, and that's a great good good day for a cleanup hitter. Uh, who am I even talking about now? I kind of forgot who. I, I think oh, I, him. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yes, him. I'm also thinking about Tyshawn Featherstone at the same time. Kind of forgot who I was talking about. Um, but no, both of them. Same thing. They Same thing. Great. And they both have been playing pretty well. I know Hammer definitely had the slower start that, that Featherstone did, but Hammer definitely picking yep. it up. Same thing with Featherstone. Uh, no RBIs for him in the, in the U of R game, but a two-hit performance, which is good to see yep. as well. Both of them playing well. Rotational players last year getting a lot more playing time this year. Definitely. I mean, and now just going to, uh, to St. John Fisher. Now they're going to be facing... Uh, St. John Fisher for a away home and, home. and then home for uh, this Oswego baseball team. And Brian, I mean, you know, they've turned it around. They have won seven straight. Can they keep it up against these out-of-conference opponents and, and then uh, come back and really dominate against uh, some Suniac opponents at Plattsburgh? Uh, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. St. John Fisher is a team This they have a lot of experience against 12-12 uh, and 12 in the all-time series, and they won the last matchup, the, the game at home, in their home-and-home home last year, 10-8, uh, to 8, uh, a late May game, an, er, or an early May game, and an early April game in Rochester. They lost, so it'll be interesting to see if they can go to Rochester, where they have lost the last three matchups in Rochester. But before that, just saying this, in 2018, May 1st, 2018, in Rochester, a 34-12 to 12 victory. That's a day. Um, That's... <laughs> but that that is a wow. completely different team from what we're seeing now. Just interesting stat to bring up. Yep. Um, so Senior Fisher, good program. This team has struggled against them in Rochester as of late. So it'll be interesting to see if they can go there and grab a win in the first in the first game of the set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they'll get at least one of those one of these two games. Yeah, and I mean going over to Ithaca, they're number twenty three in uh, the country right now. And um, that's gonna be a tough one for them. It's gonna be a tough one, and it, it doesn't really favor Oswego. As I'm just looking at the history right now, it just closed out of my tab. Um, <laughs> so uh, they have eight wins and 26 losses against Ithaca, and their last one was an 11 nothing victory last year, April 26th. 26th, excuse me, um, against Ithaca. So, man. Uh, now they're home. They're four and seven at home, uh, compared to three and seventeen on the road. So, you know, maybe they can kind of get an upset here against Ithaca. I know it's going to be a hard task being the number twenty-third ranked or ranked team, but you know, crazy things have happened. But let's move over to the other side of the diamond, where the softball team. Uh, they, as Brian mentioned, they have gone three and three. In their last six games, um, and Platts, and we'll start off with Plattsburgh. Plattsburgh swept the Lakers in two games, Brian. 
Yeah, uh, the first game, a 2-3 to three loss in nine innings. Uh, softball doubleheaders go, are, I believe, only seven. Uh, no, it, so the way softball doubleheaders work is first game is full length of, will be a full length of seven innings, and the second game, I believe, is a, just a five-inning game. Um, I could be wrong on that. I, uh, I believe I am wrong on that. Anyways, um, first game went extras, though. Let's put it that way. Yep. They, gave, they took it to extras. Um, it was 0-0 after seven innings in that first one. Yep. Um, and then they each scored a run in the eighth. And then in the ninth inning, a one, uh, one run for the Lakers was matched by two runs, a walk-off for the Plattsburgh Cardinals, a single uh, bringing home a runner. Um, it's a kind of another case of this softball team just kind of not putting runs on the board again. Right. Uh, Fiona Higgins, a great day from her. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, eight in the th- she went eight, eight in the third inning, so she pitched the entire game. Nine hits is rough, but three runs, only one of them earned. Walked three, struck out 14. Um, and that's not even her best performance of the week. Nope. So, but a 14 strikeout performance is ridiculous. 134 <laughs> pitches is, like, I don't know how she sells an arm. I, if I threw 134 <laughs> pitches, uh, I think it'd be falling off. The, yeah. uh, I don't think my shoulder would work anymore. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's a tough day. Uh, you moved to game two, and it was just kind of a blowout. They lost nine to one. Uh, Maria Lutz on the mound. They seem to be the two pitchers that are the most pitched the most for them. Lots of four innings, nine hits, four runs, struck out four. And then Chelsea Sellers, come in relief, a third of an inning, five runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tough day on game two, but again, the bats not getting going. Yeah, one, they uh, they got three runs in two games, giving up um, twelve. Right, so. and uh, you hit it right on the nose. I mean, the offense is not really helping them. We go over to the Potsdam series. Um, they won three to two, and then they lost three to four. So not like the pitching is doing as best as they can. And yeah. now you're looking at. Uh, we'll just start with the three two game, um, and. Um, Oswego was able to just score three runs, um, one in the fourth and two in the fifth. And then Potsdam came back in the sixth uh, against um, or against Oswego, excuse me, and they got two runs, and it was just a triple and a single. And then um, Fiona Higgins was able to pitch all seven innings. So she was able to close it out and kind of just – Escape with a victory. She had 13 strikeouts. What a what a turnaround for Fiona Higgins, yeah, the ace of this Oswego team, if I can say that. Uh, yeah, um, I, I think I think I think you can. And uh, um, then we go to the next game, uh, Potsdam versus Oswego, and Potsdam was able to win on a walk off. Um, they were able to score two in the bottom of the seventh. So not a lot of offense coming on. For uh, for Oswego, it was um, Anna Gratola was able to get the walk off double, and that won it for um, Potsdam. So tough loss for two, Oswego, especially two two, two walk off hits against them in two days is gonna be demoralizing. Yeah, especially. I mean, and that's what that's what happens when you're going up to the North Country. I mean, only taking one win out of. Um, Four games. Out of four games in two not, days, not really, not really what you want to see. But then yeah. they turned it around. They, uh, they had a home series against Casanova, and they won one nothing in ten innings. Um, and then they went back around and won six nothing. So 
Yeah, uh, that and but in that first game versus Casanova, this I, I mentioned in the rundown a record setter. I don't know, like I'm not exactly sure like what, but Fiona Hagen set a career high in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I already mentioned she had a 14 strikeout game versus Postum. She struck out 13. So you're, so her record that she broke, her personal yep. record she broke was 18 strikeouts. Are you kidding me? Jeez. I, I just looked at the stats in the Suniac. Uh, she is the leader by far in strikeouts. Yeah. She's 100, 100 strikeouts in 60 innings as a pitcher. That's yep. ridiculous. The next closest is Roman from New Paltz at 64. That is a 36 strikeout gap. Yep. Uh, her K per seven is 11.67, only be- beat by oh, Omarod from Plattsburgh, who has pitched 17 and a third innings compared to Fiona Higgins' 60. Yep. I so mean, obviously a relief pitcher just who just had a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. 18 strikeouts in nine and two-thirds innings. So she also went extra innings because softball games only go seven innings. Right. Um, so she pitched the entire entirety of extra innings, nine and two-thirds innings. That's longer than if a baseball player were to go pitch a full game. They would pitch nine innings. She went longer than a baseball player does. 141 pitches. Only gave up seven hits in nine and two-thirds innings. Walked one and struck out 18 players. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, that is that is unbelievable. Just based on just softball in general. I mean, we haven't seen that in... That that might be one of the best D3 performances yeah. uh, this year. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, that that is just one, like an... Like an outrageous stat, if I think of the word outrageous. Um, I, I mean, and then you're going over to the Casanova. They were able to win one nothing, and then they were able to win six nothing. But in the six nothing game, Brian, Fiona Higgins, <laughs> I can do it with pitching. I can also do it with the bat. Two hits and two RBIs, where uh, she helped her team win the game on offense. I mean, just come on now. Like, you can't stop me with pitching. You can't stop me with hitting. Not only that, again, another pitching for Oswego, Maria Lutz, 14 strikeouts. A career high for her. Um, it's, I don't even, I don't, I don't really know what, how to, like, say anything, like, what to say. It's ridiculous. Um, just looking at national numbers, Fiona Higgins is 17th in the country in strikeouts. 100, her 103 in 12 appearances is... 17th nationally. Well, I mean, if she keeps it up, she may be up in top 10 soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. She's more than 10 strikeouts of an appearance is yep. just, it. I mean, it's I, all I can say is it's just wow. Yep. Um, but yeah, the pitching finally kind of came alive in, I mean, not that it hadn't been good. I mean, they were holding runs down low. Um, but uh, they they just kind of they were fine. I think the pitchers were probably just like you know what we're done. We're right. just gonna we're not gonna let you score any runs, um, or like just as little as possible mm-hmm. so that we actually win. But yeah, they were like Casanova, you're not scoring anything in two games versus us. We yep. are gonna win these games by pure dominant force, forcing fastballs right by you so that you can't hit them. No, not at all. And Lakers now they're six fourteen and one, so a really tough start, but. Um, it seems like they're turning around just a little bit. 
but they got a really tough schedule coming up. They gotta they gotta really grind if they want to come back into this um, into the Suniac as they are only one and three. Um, it's still early. They're only one and three in conference, um, so they can still if they still win against these teams in conference like Geneseo and Cortland, the teams that are ahead of them. You know they can make a they can make a run for um, you know a Suniac playoff bid, but you know they it, they just got to keep going. They just got to keep winning. That's that's it. Just win, baby. Just win. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, the season's by no means like out of it. There's still a lot. There's a lot to go. We've got about a still about half a month of games to play. A lot of them will be conference games. Six teams make the playoffs. They are currently sitting seventh. Uh, yeah. Onyx is going to be tough. They're undefeated so far. They're having a good year. Um, but New Paltz, oh, they're also good. They're 3-1. Th- they're and one. Also having a good year to start in the conference schedule. But Geneseo, Brockport, Buffalo State, later games, all teams sitting closer um, to the Lakers in games that they can hopefully pull out a win in. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move over to women's lacrosse. But before we do, we'll give a special shout-out to the Oswegonian. The Oswegonian is the independent student-run newspaper of SUNY Oswego. Every Friday during the semester, the writers and staff release a weekly edition of the paper. Each edition contains the latest news, sports, reviews, and opinions from the writers of the Oswegonian. Check out each story online on the Oswegonian website. Now we are going to head over to Laker Turf. As a women's lacrosse team, that's pretty familiar for me and Brian in uh, Professor Clean's sports production class. We just went over um, this game yesterday, um, but we'll start off. It was the 9-7 win over Brockport. We'll start off with the just insane 21-3 win over Potsdam. Sila Wiley, a two-goal and eight-assist performance. And then you follow it up with Isabel Lembo with five of those goals. I mean, just insane for this Lakers women's lacrosse team. And, I mean, just pretty much putting a, a conference opponent on the road to bed. Yeah. They, 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 just, they were like, we're going to Potsdam, and we are just going to be like, uh, you guys aren't going to do anything. This is actually our home turf. Like, this is actually like, our We home. just brought Laker turf with us because yep. we – to Potsdam because that's just what we do. They call it Maxi Turf Field. I think they just said. Uh, nope, we're renaming it. We're renaming it's, uh, it. The Cela Wiley Turf Field. Cela Wiley Turf Field. Um, yeah, twenty-one to three is ridiculous. Um, like, and this team continually just has really, really good goal outputs. Um, like, you, sparing the Geneseo loss before that, the the four games before that they had put up. More than ten goals. Uh, the second time this season they put up, or third time this season they put up more than twenty goals. Um, it's just crazy good. And to think, I mean, I feel like when we talk about Celia Wiley, it's always about her as a scorer too. Mm-hmm. It's like, dang, and Celia Wiley another four goals game. Celia Wiley another five goal game. This one she's like, no, nah, I'm just gonna sit back. We're gonna draw the defense in, and we're just like pass the ball off to. Uh, Isabel Lumbo for her five goals. Julia Cork for her four goals. We're just like, yeah, I'd, I'd really be a passer today. She's like, the goals, yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's get some, let's get some assists. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, pat the assist numbers a little bit. And then you add to that though, it's like, 
We said, we said Lembo, five goals, one assist. That's a six-point day for her. Um, and then, like, Shay McConnell, two goals, three assists. Five-point day for her. Uh, Sadie Zemanik got herself four points, a player that we don't really ever talk about because it's always just, like, the top five. Right. Even Lexi Levy. Lexi Levy. It's Two like, sports it's athlete. Like, no, and yes, yeah, we're not getting this wrong. It's not, we, we didn't just switch to women's ice hockey. We're, Lexi Levy plays for this Oswego State women's lacrosse team. She had two goals. It, I, yeah, they were. It's utter domination from this team. Um, they just decided to kind of just go wild. Um, yeah, yeah. All three goalies got time in net. Uh, Sarah Kamide played forty minutes. Alana, I'm gonna butcher this. Ayakovici, uh got about eight minutes of game, eight and a half minutes of game time, and then Nicole Hern, Herne also got about ten minutes of game time. Um, and that's always that's always good. Get the backups in, get them some time. Yeah. time. I mean, Sarah, Sarah Kamide is only a sophomore, so they really don't have a lot of playing time in their future. Sarah Kamide has a lot of time left on this team, right. but uh, yeah, I don't know how much else to say. Yeah, how, I mean, how many ways you can say that they won by a lot? Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and it's also good for them to you know have a lot of scores because. Then that's more like more things for other teams to worry about. No, exactly. Knowing that like your whole bench can like score a goal, it's like there's you're looking at that and you're like, oh, there's there's not going to be someone who if they look at Oswego and they're like, all right, we know Cela Wiley's good, we know Isabella Lembo's good, we know the top five, but we know that if like one of them's having a bad game, that the other ones are going to step up. And I mean that's just that's just great, um, you know, great team bonding, and that's also great coaching by uh, Coach Britt Howard. I mean, she has just been able to really be, um, you know, been a great coach this year and yeah. taking this uh, lacrosse team to uh, you know new heights this year. Um, no, exactly. Yeah, she's having a really good year. It's she's been around for a while now. Uh, Twenty seventeen was her first season. Um, 2018, 2019, she had winning seasons, 11 and 5 records um, overall. Uh, but this year, uh, new heights. You said it. Yep. New heights. This team, though, still only third in the conference because Coral and Geneseo are yet to lose a game. Mm-hmm. Um, they are coming up on the schedule pretty soon. Uh, Cortland will be the final game of the season, April 26th. And um, Geneseo, we was we did lose too. Yep. Um so it's gonna be hard to jump them, but Corland coming up not too long down the road. Um, right. It will be in Corland, which will be a tough one. But I mean, I don't see this team falling outside the top three or four like an, of the conference. They're oh, I, I want I, uh, knock on wood. Right. They are almost guaranteed to make a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean it, it's and it's hard for like teams like lacrosse where or sports like lacrosse, excuse me, that they're not able to face against uh, Suniac opponents twice. Yeah. So you get one crack at it, and if you lose, you're going to lose. and Or you're you're not going to be able to make it up. So if you fa- if it's going down to Oswego and Geneseo for the first spot, just hypothetically, or even the second spot, it's like if they have identical records, it's going to go back to that loss against Geneseo. And Genese- if they end the season with identical records, Geneseo is going to be able to take that top spot and um, regarding like conference record too yeah. like if they have 
identical records, identical conference records, it's going to come down to that loss. Yep. So, um, yeah, so they just got to keep keep going. I mean, they got Plattsburgh um, this Saturday, um, Oswego versus Plattsburgh at home, and then that's going to be their last home game of yeah, the season. Senior night. It's going to be senior night, and then they go three straight road games, next Wednesday against Buffalo State, next Saturday against Oneana, and then the next Wednesday again, and the following Wednesday against Cortland to end out the season, and then and then it's Suniacs, Brian. I mean, jeez. I mean, yeah. it feels it feels like we just started talking about this uh, Oswego women's lacrosse team, and now we're back. Uh, now we're back here talking about some Suniacs, but yeah, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be a dominant force here in the Suniac, and um, and now let's switch over to that the Brockport game. Yeah, we exactly. that yet. I almost went over. I almost went to the men's lacrosse game. Thank you for yeah, for but. Um, so it was mentioned last night, a 9-7 victory over Brockport. So a closer game. Uh, one of the teams that's a little closer, they're 3-2 and two now in the conference, Brock, meaning Brockport. Um, so you can kind of see those games that are, when they play opponents that are similar, they're a lot yeah. closer. The Geneseo game was like sure. a closer loss. Yeah. It's a closer win. But uh, it was still the Seal of Wiley show. <laughs> uh, four, four of Oswego's nine goals came from her. She also assisted on the uh, two other ones. So six total points for her on ten shots. Um, sh- yeah, she's rolling right now. Um, I think not only is the Maxi turf going to become the Lucila Wally turf, uh, <laughs> so is the Laker turf will become the Lucila Wally turf. There'll be two of them in the conference. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, just re- just rename them all Lucila Wiley turf. Yeah. Uh, and then and then to add to that, Shane McConnell, Julia Quirk, and Kate McNally all grabbing goals. Katie Fierro grabbed two assists on the first two goals of the game. And just overall, a uh, good game for them. They were they were Brockport outshot them, um, but I think as Thomas Turgeon, who was on the call yesterday, said, or it might have been Wakefield, some shot Jared Wakefield also on the call. Those two, uh, one of them said that not all shots are good shots. Yeah. So and I think it sums it up perfectly. Yes, Oswego was outshot, but they put the more quality shots on net and the ones that would actually find, get past the goalkeeper. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean they. They were kind of close in saves. I mean, that's just, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, first shots they were outshot. But yeah, I mean, if you're finding the back of the net more, doesn't matter if you have, like, if you're gonna win like six to five, it's like you may only put six shots up, but all six of them were able to go in the back of the net. So, I mean, for us, we go. Uh, they lost in the ground balls, but you know it. It really doesn't matter uh, regarding these team stats because that's not what they're going to be looking at. No, they're going to be looking at we won this game because we put more uh, balls in the back of the net. Exactly. And um, yeah, that's what they did. And I mean, you know, winning nine to seven. I mean, I can't believe I just went over this game. I was about to talk about right. it. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then they face off against Plattsburgh, and um, yeah, senior night. And this looks cross team. It's going to be very interesting coming down the coming down the road of this season. I mean, Oneana and Cortland, not gonna be easy, but no, we're, we'll we'll see. For uh, this women's lacrosse team, maybe they can make a little bit of a jump into that at least um, the second spot, or they'll stick with number three. But let's move over to some uh, men's lacrosse now, as they had a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, throughout, yeah, throughout uh, 
their you know time right now. I mean, they've only played like every Saturday. Yep. So they haven't had any midweek games, I believe, uh, since Utica. So in March twenty second. So they've had a little bit of time to just kind of get you know um, get some more reps in practice. But we'll go over the Oneana versus. Oswego game, and Brian, I'll leave it up to you to talk about that. Yeah, it was an 11-8 victory, uh, pretty back-and-forth. Oneonta up 5-4 at the half game, uh, was 8-7 after the third quarter, and then Oswego finally in the fourth quarter, four outscored them 4 nothing. kind of finally pulled, got a lead pulled away. Um, but Oneonta, for a while, was like holding, they were holding them down. They would keep, like, every time Oswego scored, it was an, an, it was an answer. Um... And then Oneonta go on a scoring run, Oswego go on a scoring run, um, but they were always just kind of up. Yep. They got the first goal of the game, Oswego up 2-1 after that, and then Oneonta just kind of slowly pulled away again and just kind of kept Oswego a little bit at arm's length until the fourth quarter. Um, good games from Max Broadman, two-goal, two-assist performance. Liam Sexton, a two-goal, one-assist performance. Same thing with Gavin Nelson, Trey Jones, all three of them. Two goals, one assist apiece. So for three points, and then Max Broadman's four points on 12 shots. Uh, so just a, a, a good all-around game, not one single player uh, standing out. Uh, just a, a couple of them all together performing well. Uh, a good cohesive game from them. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you said it best there. I mean, um, Oswego now 3-0 three, three in conference. I mean, just... You know, doing what they need to do on Laker turf, and something to note is that Oneonta had a lot of penalties. I mean, yeah, uh, they had uh, five to Oswego's three, so um, Oswego was only able to score um, on that one um, back early in the first to tie it up at one. So, uh, not really um, taking advantage of the penalty, but you know, you put up the more points, you're gonna obviously win the game. So we'll look at some team stats for um, Oswego and Oneana. They were able to Oswego own the shot category, 48-36. Oneana had more saves, but obviously it didn't matter because they had uh, gave up 11 goals. Um, Oneana turned the ball over a little bit more, 19-17. Ground balls, Oswego dominated, 30-18. And then face-offs, 15-7, 15-7, to 7. so, I mean, you know, just Oswego was able to take, you know, win the categories that they need to, um, you know, obviously with uh, turnovers, they were able to commit two less turnovers, and, um, you know, ground balls just dominating that type of um, the type of precision for the Lakers. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just a really, really all-around good game for Oswego. Um, you know, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, five players with two goals. Uh, Dongowitz, Broadman, Trey Jones, Liam Sexton, and Gavin Elston. I mean, you can't really ask much better from that. And then, uh, yeah, we have New Paltz coming in. Um, or not coming in. We're going to them. Yep. And um, I'll just look at the Suniac real quick. New Paltz is... Three spots below Oswego. They're at one and two, and they're five and four overall, and they're on a two-game losing streak. So if Oswego wants to keep up this uh, momentum. They gotta they gotta take advantage when a team is you know 
uh, playing very lackluster. And I mean, on a two-game losing streak, you know, you want to keep that losing streak going. I mean, yep. they're on a four-game winning streak right now. You want to keep that trend going because, you know, it only takes one game for a team to turn around here mm-hmm. in um, in any sport. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with this Paul's team, it's like um, Oswego. That just can't be right. I looked at I'm looking at the, the matchup history, and it says they've only played one game against each other. <laughs> uh, I I'm just gonna go with that's not right. But the game last year is the one game it's showing, and it was an 18 to 10 victory yep. for Oswego. So uh, they beat them last year. Hopefully, they can do them again this year. A lot of last year's performers, or a lot of last year's players. Also performing this year, Gavin Nelson had five goals in that one. Max Broadman, four goals, three assists for seven points from him. Uh, and Corey O'Connor, two goals. So uh, these guys all, with the experience against New Paltz, coming back to do it, hopefully just do it again. Um, and then Aiden Kenyon, 10 goals allowed, 12 saves on the day for him in, in last year's game. So a good, a good, at least, history last year, but obviously... New coach as well, Andrew Daly, really turning this team around um, to like a winning machine in the conference so far. And as you said, New Paltz not having the best start to their season in the conference, just one and two, mm-hmm. uh, five and four overall. So um, hopefully they continue to just kind of keep New Paltz down, uh, though on New Paltz's uh, home turf or field. Not exactly sure what they play on. Uh, It'd be a little harder to do, uh, saying their last two games have been home games, and they've been a little close. And then they finally get back. As you mentioned earlier, they've had this nice kind of break where it's really just been Saturday game, Saturday game, Saturday game in a row. They really get to pra- a lot of practice for these games. New Paltz Saturday, and then the Alfred game the Wednesday after. Um, and then Geneseo Saturday, Cortland Wednesday, Potsdam Saturday. So now they're... It's, where the women's schedule had been a lot of midweek like weekend game, midweek game, so not a lot of time in between games. The men's schedule is going to become like that, and this is really where it becomes a, your season becomes more of a test. Yep. You have less time to practice between games instead of getting Monday Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday to practice for a team and look, look film. You get two days to look right. at uh, practice and look at film and yep. start figuring stuff out. Um, and you're c- coming up versus some harder teams. Geneseo undefeated so far. Cortland. Two, two and one um, down the stretch here. So it's becomes a little bit harder. You get these teams that are playing well with less time to prepare. So we'll see how Andrew Daly and this men's lacrosse team kind of deals with the adversity. Yeah, I, I, exactly. And um, one thing to note for uh, New Paltz is that I was looking on their website. It seems like their program, I mean, I could be wrong, seems like just looking at their schedule and looking at their history, their program has only been around since 2020. Okay. So, and they didn't play Oswego in 2021 because, you know, the 2021 season might have been a little bit of like a test. Hey, let's yeah. throw these couple games together. So it wasn't really a full season. So 2020, they were going to play Oswego, got canceled. 2021, they didn't play Oswego at all. And then now 2022, they were able to play Oswego. So... It may just be a young program. I saw for women's lacrosse, it was more of a, uh, you know, they've been playing since, like, the 90s. So I don't know if that's just a typo or that's an actual thing where yeah. Paltz is a new program. So, I mean, you know, taking taking advantage of a new program is taking advantage of a new program. I mean, just, you know, yep. to, 
they're not as like they don't have as much experience as you know really tenured program I mean for Oswego I mean Oswego's had lacrosse for a pretty good amount of time I believe um, yes I mean just knowing that we're right near Canada and we're right <laughs> near um, <laughs> and we love uh, to um, play hockey and everything so all those sports yeah, 19, go together since 1975 so yeah so we're uh, <laughs> a long standing program exactly but yeah we'll go into uh, we'll review some of our um, before we get this episode out we'll review some of our um, hot takes hot takes couldn't think of the word the hot, the hot stove has been on the back burner this week yeah nothing new from us just nothing kind of new recapping, nothing new recapping what we've said so far yep Alex, as the back burner keeps it sizzling, how you how's yours looking? So my uh, Laker oven, I'll just bring it in right here so we can reference it here for the Laker oven. Um, for my Oswego hot take, it's the men's lacrosse team. They win their last three home games and they have a four and one home record. And three and one in their final away game, so that's standing up pretty good for Oswego men's lacrosse as they just beat Oneana. Yeah. I was a little scared that they weren't able to, they weren't going to pull it off. So my hot take's still, still pretty good. I mean, they're going to face off a new fault, so we'll see what happens. And then they have Geneseo, so you know it's a tough schedule coming up. But you know my hot take's still up. What about you? Yeah, so I said that baseball was going to take at least two of three versus New Paltz, yep. sweep there, and take two of three from the Rochester swing. Um, so right now that's and, still... Which is looking real good, because they took the first game versus U of R. Only need, only need one more. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I realized at the time that the St. John Fisher is actually a three-game set. Yeah. So we'll say... Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll update it a little bit, throw some spices into the, yeah, into yeah. the pot that... Uh, it's going to be three of four games. All so right. they're going to take two of three from St. John Fisher. That is kind of continuing my hot take from last week that the, this baseball team will take two of three from St. John Fisher to complete my hot take. Right. Okay. There we go. So, uh, yeah, we got our hot takes are still still cooking, still cooking yes, in that Laker oven. But um, that is going to do it for episode 10 of season six of the 104 Sports Report. We only have a couple more weeks, Brian, until uh, we're gonna be out of here for the 104. I know we always, I always like to tease that after every episode, so I'm just gonna keep teasing it. But don't worry, we'll have more coverage and we'll have some more announcements as the end of the semester comes to a close. But thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great night. See ya.